Hey everyone, how's it going? You are going to love today's podcast. Although I will say it's going to be one of those podcasts that leaves you saying, man, how did I not think of that? I had the opportunity to sit down with a CEO and entrepreneur here in the Pittsburgh area who I've gotten to know quite well over the last couple of years and who in addition to uh, running a marketing firm, a golf apparel company, is also the co-founder of Aris Fog. And ironically, I found out about this by turning the news on in the morning and seeing Nick having a conversation on Fox talking about this new company where they've taken drone technology, combined it with electrostatic technology as a way to help us get back to doing the things that we like to do, like concerts and sporting events, by charging particles to help kill virus and bacteria and all kinds of other stuff. So really interesting podcast. I think you'll like it. But before we get there, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Action. This is a big week for Action. But if you're not even sure who Action is, you should probably go check out the current website at drinkaction.com, and that's Action with a K. And you'll be able to find one of three flavors of specialty coffee. I should say blends. There's a light, a medium, and a dark roast. So third time's a charm. And you can get it in either a K-cup, ground, or even whole bean options. There's also a performance coffee, and that's called Amplified, and it's infused with MCT oil powder. Really good for clean energy. And they're in the process of releasing a number of other new products, including a product called Active, which is a full-spectrum turmeric and hemp powder uh, for inflammation and all kinds of other cool things. So I would suggest going to drinkaction.com. That's action with a K and order some coffee while you wait for all this other exciting stuff to happen, but definitely stay tuned. And when you go to the website, you need to make sure you use code word curious. That'll get you 10% off as well as free shipping on all of your orders. Thank you again and enjoy the podcast. It'd be great. I know it's it's been a whirlwind, honestly. Like the last seven days has been nuts. So I can imagine. So I I mean, if you want to start there, um, it, the company's called uh, Aris, right? Aris Fog. Aris Fog, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So He's what gave probably, you this? What gave you this idea? These two pre-existing technologies that have existed for a long period of time, electrostatic and drone technology, and so. They came up with the idea and they said, you know, could we take electrostatics and do it differently than anybody else has done it and pair it with drone technology? And we had a patent attorney who's a friend of ours um, look into it. It's never been done. And so one of the savants guys that's a part of uh, this company just built it, put it together, retrofitted it. And um, that's kind of how the company got started and all pretty quickly. Yeah, it's, it's fucking incredible. I, I was telling my brother about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have a conversation with Nick. And he's like, oh, really? How are things going with him? I'm like, great. Actually, he started this new company. I started explaining what it is. And he's like, how did I not think of something like that? But I, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more. It seems really simple on the surface. I mean, what are the underlying principles of the of the technology and how it would ultimately be effective in helping people. 
so electrostatics, that technology has been around since the 40s and the 50s. And it's basically similar to like when you rub your foot against the carpet and you can chalk, right? Like that's what electrostatic technology is. Mm -hmm. um, but how it can be effective is that electrostatically, when you're charging a particle or a solution or anything that's being um, deployed or sprayed, basically the particle um, that is charged is immediately wanting to seek a grounded surface, right? So if you're spraying a seat or a stadium or a, a railing, that charged particle is immediately going to want to ground to something around it, right? And so what we're doing is charging those particles in the neighborhood of 80,000 volts, which is a lot, but it's also safe. And um, so those particles are electrostatically charged for three to five minutes, which if you're looking on the market right now for like an electrostatic backpack fogger, you're getting about three seconds per charge, right? So the whole goal is that you want to encompass all of those surfaces, especially in a stadium. So underneath railings, underneath the um, um, seat, uh, all surface area that could potentially hold um, contaminants or coronavirus or whatever it may be. And so that charge, like the way that we're charging those particles, completely cover uniformly any surface because it will grow and attach and adhere and surround those areas. So it's the science that we're utilizing. It's not like we're not doing anything different, but charging the particles mm -hmm. um, in the neighborhood of 80,000 volts, which allows it to adhere and, and be positively, uh, or sorry, charged for three to five minutes. So the, the concept would be to take this machine that emits this and attach it to a drone. Is that like, is it put on some sort of mapping system where you could theoretically say, okay, X stadium, this is kind of the footprint of that stadium and you could program that in. So then it makes a certain pass or is somebody actually by hand controlling this device. So it's all autonomous. So again, it's like the, Electrostatic technology already existed. Drone technology has existed for quite some time now. Yeah. And so one of the things that we were able to do is we took pre-existing technologies and we created a synergy of them together. So the drone, um, take an agricultural drone, right? Something that would spray fields, mm -hmm. right? Those have been developed. And when you take something like that into a stadium, you have the ability to map to the grid of uh, the contours of the stadium, the stands, everything like that. So okay. the, the drone itself will be able, you can fix and say, I want this to fly three feet above every surface and it will like follow that gradient. Okay. And as soon as the solution, whatever solution is in the tank, when it's low, it will fly back to home base and you fill up in less than a minute and it goes right back to the spot that it ended and it's precise enough so it doesn't miss anything in terms of um, like there's no human error uh, there's you mitigate the human error element because you're essentially using the computer system and the satellites that it, it has to connect to 15 different satellites before you can take off anyway right yeah no that's really interesting i there's a company you may be familiar, you probably are familiar with, I think they're called Gecko. Um, they're based in Pit, here in Pittsburgh as well, where they use, it's more in, not a, a drone technology, but robotic technology where they're using AI to scale 
different types of conductors and tanks and manufacturing equipment for structural integrity and things of that nature. So I, I guess similar, but. Yes. And then there are, and they, there's some in the oil and gas fields that will fly over and sense like um, natural gas emission or something like that. You know, so I've, I have done some of my research and like found um, that there are a lot of different drone technologies out there. I think that, you know, timeliness of, what we were able to do, um, not only from a pandemic standpoint, but like everybody wants to get back to watching sports. People want to go to games. They want to go to live concerts, things like that. So that was our goal is can we solve a problem or at least take steps in the right direction to get people back to normalcy? And I think that's such, A, it's impressive how quickly you were able to turn something like that around. I think that's what probably everybody listening to this is going to think like, okay, wow, I wish I would have thought of that. But even if I did, would I have been able to, even taking two existing technologies that are already developed and integrate them together and put this kind of mesh it into something that works with today's scenario? I mean, how do you scale something so quickly? Is it a... Scaling it quickly. Obviously, we didn't anticipate for the international viral story, right? I mean being on Fox News and Jimmy Fallon and ABC and all those things, like I did not anticipate for, to get that much traction, right? Yeah. Um, but I would say that the, the whole alignment of the team, you know, my background being in marketing, you know, there's a lot of value to that, to like timing things right, like the storyline, like what we have the ability to say, like leveraging the network um, of the individuals who are part of this, I think all played into that. And, and now it's like, okay, you know, this took off extremely quickly, you know, now it's infrastructure, um, getting the right individuals in place. We have, we have everything that we need to do so. Right. You know, and we have other products that are being developed for stadiums and outdoor arenas and large area venues, but like schools and universities and like commercial buildings and things like we're also uh, in the R and D phase and ready to go to market with, um, some other product, probably early quarter Q4. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's really cool. So has this kind of become the new focus for you? Or are you still diverting your time amongst a number of different things? No, I'm still diverting my time amongst a, num a number of different things. I, I'm, you know, day to day, it's still um, CEO at Spark. And then I, um, I started the golf apparel brand. And I have a couple other like spinoff businesses. But this has definitely taken a lot of the, the focus like into the early hours in the morning so it's a lot of late nights yeah i mean i would think too there's an opportunity for you and i'm i'm sure you've covered all these angles but i mean a with the urge for all of these different organizations and leagues to open back up they're looking for the the big bet to place themselves on and you know being able to tie yourself to something like that i know there's a lot of things from a political standpoint coming up where yeah. there's probably the opportunity to harness you know, from a convention or how, do, how you are able to assist in somebody's ability to move forward with certain events and such, but. Right. And if you think of like, I heard the number thrown around the other day where if the NFL doesn't get fans back, they will lose $50 billion this year. And I don't know if that's accurate or not. That's what I was told. That's what somebody had said to me, you know? So if we have the ability to get ourselves into certain leagues or certain avenues where we can help provide a solution 
And the solution is, this is not the only solution, you know, this needs to be a full, you know, it needs to encompass everything, you know, from when people get into the stadium or the arena, right, to when the game's over and they leave, there needs to be a turnkey solution to not only sanitize and disinfect, you know, what's fixed there, um, but there's a people aspect and that's a variable as well. So like that needs to be addressed as well. So there's a lot of um, different, there's a lot of different things that need to be um, taken into account whenever, uh, you know, those organizations make those decisions. And we just think that we're positioned and now validated over the past week um, where we can provide a, a piece of that solution to get people um, back to doing those things that they enjoy doing. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. I'll be keeping a close eye on it for sure. <laughs> Same. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting things that are going to be coming over the next few months. And so I'm excited about it. I think it's. Sorry. I lost you there for a quick second, but it sucks, man. I wish, I wish that we were, I've, I've got this whole setup and I've got a few different uh, conversations uh, scheduled with people from the Pittsburgh area. And uh, it's been like, Hey, should we get together in person? And I'd be totally cool with it. My problem is trying to figure out how to convert my makeshift studio and my basement into something that's compatible for, mu for multiple people. But I, every time I've hopped on a podcast the last couple of weeks, I feel like there's been a thunderstorm in the middle of it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, it's, I mean, how, how is everything um, going? Like I've, I've followed on the social and, and it's awesome. It's awesome. Like you're getting a lot of good people on there. It's how's the traction with that? Yeah, it's been really fun. You know, this kind of like you and obviously a much different way. I'm not um, helping professional sports leagues get back to business, but uh, this, this whole pandemic really made me refocus what was important and gave me an opportunity to put my efforts into a couple of different things. And I think it, it set expectations where everybody was working remote. So it allowed me to spread myself a little bit thinner where in a lot of cases, not my own um, limitations, but I think maybe organizational or limitations just amongst projects that you're working on don't allow you to be in multiple places at once. Mm -hmm. So I tried to look at it as an opportunity uh, totally. to, to say, Hey, look, I can be one of two people. I can be somebody who every day complains and, you know, asks for help. And, and I get it. A lot of people need it right now, man. It's, it's not an easy road for folks, but I, the, the only other alternative is to try to find an avenue and come out of this on the upside. And I kind of did some soul searching and I looked back and I'm like, man, every time something bad happens, there's a certain group of people who come out of the other end smelling like roses. And, in, you know, I maybe was naive and I kind of was, had a mindset that, oh, what they do, they, they must have gamed the system or they must have been a part of the problem. But I think in a lot of cases, they're just people who kept a positive aspect and were like, hey, instead of just being negative, in times of change, there's opportunity. And, yeah, uh, totally. I, no, I, and I, I honestly I think, I think perspective is everything. Like entering this, I've started to realize, you know, from March till probably June or July, it's like there, it, your perspective sheds light on like all the opportunities that can come out of this, right? So if you go into the situations and you can't change this, right? 
you have to accept it and you have to just move on and you say, okay, how do I make changes? How do I adapt? How can I make things better? And opportunities present themselves. So I totally agree with that. And I think my whole perspective of this whole time period, I've become so much more productive. I've come up with so many more different ideas and ventures and just new things that have spun out of this. Obviously, it um, you don't want to feel like you're taking advantage of what's happening because it's sad and it's, yeah. you know, I would love to get back to going to restaurants and interacting with my team and things like that. But, you know, we don't have that luxury right now. So what are things that can be put in place? What are mm-hmm. protocols? What are ideas? Like, what can you do to maximize the current landscape? And it is perspective. It, it falls to, it falls back to that because there's a lot of people I think in this past five months who have binge watched a million Netflix shows, they've played a ton of video games, you know what I mean? And that's okay. Like if, you know, at the end of the day, if whatever makes you happy, it's great. But like, yeah, I've kind of taken it to see like, okay, what can I do? What can I create out of this period? Because in any up and downs terms, there's always opportunities to be found. And um, that all falls on perspective. And so I totally agree with, what you're saying because like you know you know the, the the positives that have come out of this are what like you're now not spending time traveling into work so you're saving two hours a day doing that so that two hours how can you apply that to something else or to be more productive or to you know work out or to start a new idea whatever it is and I think um you know a lot of that uh I, I just I just agree with everything that you're saying whenever it comes to that yeah, I, I think the unfortunate thing is that a lot of the people who don't put the focus into utilizing the most of the extra time, that's just, I mean, that's why they're where they're at, right? It's, there's got to be a realization. And, you know, a lot, I think a lot of times the pressure, unfortunately, the pressure that people have to face is that change agent that forces them to be like, okay, well, now I have to be out of my comfort zone. What am I going to do? I'm going to do something different because I have to, not because I want to or think it's a good challenge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in uh, a way, it does. It like forces your hand to you know try something different. It's a whole. It's a different. It was a different feel. Now this Zoom, everything is so comfortable, right? Yeah. But at first, it was like it's weird and it's different. But like it, it's gonna. It changes the way that we work and that we live. And now it's going to change the way that we interact with people, even when we go back to green or whatever, it's, it's going to be different. Well, I, being an early adapter in most cases, isn't always a bad thing. I and mean, as you look, I, I think of social media being a big one, it, as toxic as social media can be, it's the driver of a, of so much positive too, if you can harness it in the right way. And I look at somebody like Dane Cook, who's, you know, I guess a decent comedian, I, I love comedy. I wouldn't place him in my top 50. Um, but in terms of like his popularity, the guy was one of the very first people to use MySpace when MySpace was like a big thing and was sending direct messages and interacting with fans and understood that like these technologies give you an opportunity to touch so many people exponentially more than you ever could before through print and gives you a really unique angle at how you can talk to people and so if you use it the right way and that's i think the key so many people don't yeah but um if you do it the opportunity is endless right yeah it it, it really is and um 
you know, I think uh, going back to like, you said with opportunity, you know, sometimes, you know, it's good to be, um, create the idea and have the opportunities that are available to you. But like, you know, on the, on the drone side, on the Eris stuff, you know, being uh, first to market is, is an interesting thing because like, you don't know, people don't realize, you know, the opportunities that are available until there's an idea that's created and then you establish the idea. And then it's like, Oh yeah, everyone, I should have thought of that. Oh, it was good. Right. And so I think it's, um, you know, part of it is, you know, having that element of, um, risk and, you know, not being afraid to throw things out there and see what happens. And, mm -hmm. and oh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but you know, it's all, it is all, it's all perspective. And I, I, think that uh, your thought process in terms of like, how do you navigate this environment, this landscape is, um, it's an interesting thought and it's a good perspective because I agree with you on that. Yeah. Oh, and I'm starting to learn to em really embrace being uncomfortable, you know, mm -hmm. that learning to be uncomfortable. It, when I was younger, that was something that I shied away from. And it was certainly something I, at the time I didn't realize, but was stunting my growth as a person. Uh -huh. And once I learned to kind of embrace it, it almost became maybe even an addiction in a way where I seek that discomfort out, whether it's physical discomfort or mental discomfort, trying new things, um, you know, really not being afraid for people to not like me. Uh, I think right now more than ever, you see so many people who are, not really tied to anything that they believe in. They're, they're very like, oh, what, what is the, what is the proverbial group of people around me think? Yeah. And you, I, you know, I definitely think there should be a level of personal responsibility and watch what you say because you can't take things back once it's out there. But there's also maybe some overthought into really, oh, what, I, I got to be careful. I don't want to make this person upset. And that's been the real eye-opening thing for me is being able to finally do things on my own where I could be myself um, and be authentic. And I think being able to be authentic in things that people do really shines through as well, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think the uncomfortable thing, it, 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 as bad as it sucks, it allows you to grow, right? Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, like it becomes addicting because you know it like the, the anxiety of like thinking about whatever it is that you have in front of you, you know, that after that obstacle or speed bump or whatever, you're going to be better and, and you learn from it. Right. So and life's all about those experiences and you have to be able to learn from it because if you're not growing and evolving, then those new opportunities are not going to find you, you know, and you nailed it. I, I think that's everybody. I don't, I don't care who you are, where you come from, what, you know, what your background is. You're going to have a couple of things that come your way and it's up to you to a, be able to recognize and realize when that is mm -hmm. and to be able and willing to take the risk to, to take that chance and do it. Uh, you know, I think those are two really key things and you've got to prime yourself your whole life to at least be prepared for that opportunity to happen. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to, you're going to have a lifetime full of regret. Oh yeah. 
and, and the more times that you put yourself into those situations, yes, you become more adapted to them. You know yeah. what I mean? And so yeah. you become more, you, the goal is to be uncomfortable because it allows you to grow, but then you get more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. And it, I mean, that's a, that's a good spot to be in because then it's like, you don't overthink things as much. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it does allow growth from like human nature and it's a it's a it's a cool thing although sometimes it can be nerve-wracking um and, and people don't like assuming risk right because yeah. they because they, you you kind of get fixated on either failure or whatever it may be it's just like in sports you know you yeah. have you know the the final shot and it's like who wants it like in and those people that some people they, want they it yes but and you know once you execute you know you learn from that, you build up that confidence and, and, you know, just overcoming those obstacles and fears and um, yeah. level of uncomfortability. So it's yeah. good. No, without a doubt. I, well, I mean, uh, how much level of fear and uncomfortability is there being over top of a putt on live television? When you're, <laughs> I mean, that's another, I turn on a television and I'm like, wait a second, I know this guy. You're on game shows, you're on news, news shows in the morning. I, I just honestly like, and I don't seek that stuff out. I really, I don't seek that stuff out. But when opportunities come up like that, I, I think to myself, you know, you have, from what we know, we have, we have one shot at this life. Right. And so like a lot of people aren't going to get those experiences and the opportunities. And I think that, you know, one of the things that I've, I feel that, that I've done well is I've always had good intentions, whether, you know, not that everything always works out, but like, if you're authentic and genuine and you have good intentions, I do think that opportunities will find you. And, you know, that scenario right there was random, but I said, you know what? Not many people are going to have the chance to go on ABC and do this. And, and so I just said, you know, whatever, let's do it. No, it looked like a fun time. It worked. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. It was. And, and then like from that, like that experience, which is uncomfortable, right? I'm mm -hmm. not, I never did anything like that before. And you're, you go out there and you're with all these people uh, in LA who are actors and actresses and they kind of built up their whole lives to do for that. For yeah. that. Yeah. You know, and I just went in, I'm like, you know, I, I, I know what this is. It's a TV show and, you know, there's a level of entertainment and, and appeal to it but um you know i wanted to go and i wanted to win this thing and so fortunately i was able to do that so it was fun but it, but that turns into like lifelong relationships that you wouldn't have had before and those relationships you can leverage them in the future because of you know a scenario like that or an opportunity like that you know it's kind of like don't ever burn those bridges that's another you know thing because it's it's not nothing's ever personal it's life and you just got to move on and you know what do they say like being bitter or being resentful is like a pill of yeah. poison it's, it only ends up killing you and it's so true you know i that's another one that i truly live by like i <clears throat> even situations that don't work out you know the, the way that you anticipate or the way that you hope um there's a level of understanding there and I don't, I'm not the type of person to ever like hold a grudge and, and I own up to all the responsibilities and the things that, you know, <clears throat> you know, go into whatever ends up happening, but like not holding grudges, not burning bridges because those relationships can always be, <clears throat> can redevelop and turn into something in the future. And so I, I just don't think it makes sense to, 
hold grudges or burn bridges with anybody, you know, good, bad, whatever. Yeah. So are you in Pittsburgh these days or are you in Nashville? Cause I know you've been splitting time. Uh, I'm in Pittsburgh right now. Yeah. So, um, travel, um, you know, I, I've kind of hit every hot spot besides Texas so far. So I was in Florida, <laughs> I was in LA a couple of weeks ago and I'm gonna have to go back, but you know, obviously I'm following all the protocols and everything, but I, again, it's like, some people are just going to literally sit inside for an entire year. Right. And, and I, I just, I can't deal with that. And, you know, I, I think that everything's going on, you know, I, I think that it's, it's real and it's scary and everything like that. But um, I just can't stomach the, the fact of like, I have to wait a year before I can start to do this stuff again, because in a year from now, you don't know what, you know, it may still be around. I don't know. It's not yeah. going to just go away. Yeah. I listen, man, I've been, I'm with you. I, I totally, I'm not a, I'm not somebody who doesn't believe that this is a real thing, but I just have, I've been really confused with how people's logic has been on this. You know, I got a little, I got a little juiced up um, yesterday with a guy I was talking with and I was, I was looking at the CDC's website and it was right there. I mean, you can go look at it go to the CDC. 480,000 people a year die from cigarette related deaths. I and, saw that. You posted that today. Yeah. 80,000 are from secondhand. Uh -huh. So, you know, not somebody who's even intentionally, you know, I, I don't know what the circumstances are, but there's obviously a lot of it. And I just, I don't understand. We have, you can't get on social media right now without being bombarded with opinions on both sides and I'm guilty of it. I'm, I share it. I, you know, I get frustrated, yeah. but I don't understand where these people are on all the other issues. And is it because there's a lack of knowledge of it? Do people not know? And that's why I share it. I'm like, maybe you don't, maybe you don't know that you're tuned in getting all bent out of shape and changing your life completely not yeah. just taking precautions, but you're, you're changing your life completely. We're, we're shutting businesses down. You're a CEO, you're a founder of multiple businesses. I mean, the, the thought of needing to cut jobs, remove people from your staff because of the implications that revenues, you know, in your business that I, God forbid people that have to do that type of stuff because the government's telling you that this is a problem. And then you, go to the government CDC website and you see that four times as many people die every year from yeah. smoking cigarettes. Yeah. But nobody posts a Facebook post about not smoking cigarettes. Yeah. I, I just, I get really bent out of shape about that because to me, that's the problem. Not whether or not you have an opinion one way or another, but how people arrive to opinions through the lack of looking into things. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's astonishing the level that people will dig their heels in, but won't look into the basic facts around something and, and not being able to have a nuanced opinion. It's got to be either you have to listen to what everything is being told to you and do it this way, or you're somebody who's a far right racist asshole who fucking hates everybody in the country, which mm -hmm. I, I just can't subscribe to that. Yeah, I know. And I think that, you know, one of the things that at least, for me, I try to just play off of the numbers and the data. Yes. You know, and, and if you, if you play off of that, I mean, it's, I mean, do you, people, 
when they go hiking in the woods, are they not going to go because there's a spider that's potentially going to be able to could bite them and kill? Like, I just don't understand that, you know, and I, I just don't want to have to feel like I'm living my life in fear. But at the same time, I also, I also understand that I'm not going to, I think radical on either side is bad, in my opinion. And uh, I know that I, there's a respect that I have for my friends and colleagues and the people that I work with that, you know, some people, their thought processes are a little bit different than mine. And I have to respect that. And I do. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I just don't want to not live my life and try to capitalize on the things that I have the ability to do um, because of something that I think could be a little bit blown out of proportion. Yeah. And there's not enough conversation about it because if you start to have a conversation about it, people get really bent out of shape about that. That's where I think it's really troubling. You know, like I, if you and I disagreed on it, that's fine. We don't have to, we, we could right. be getting information from two different places. We could have two different life experiences. There's a lot of reasons why we may differ, but ultimately all of those ideas being able to congregate together in a very non-hostile way would be what benefits all of us and would be how yeah. we get to the end, you know, the end of what this could potentially be. But we're not allowed to have those conversations. So you just sit and you talk with people who are like-minded and you just further get divided. And, uh, you know, that's the, dis that's very, I don't know. It's, it's disheartening in a yeah. way. It is, it is because you're not going to, like, you can't, you're not going to be able to sway one side or the other to everybody meet in the middle. And here's this happy solution to everything. It's just not going to happen. It's like that with everything. Right. And I think that, you know, even the world that I live in, you know, the, the consumption of media and social media, like we alluded to early on, it's like, I think that that plays a big part in people's thought processes. And you don't even know what is truly real and what is not. And that's the scary part is like, there's a lot of information that's being fed and absorbed by individuals that may not even be accurate. And a lot of decisions are made off of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh man, just even not to get too deep, but the, the deep fakes and the different types of altered audio and things that I've heard just in the last couple of years, where, where is that going to be in five or 10 years? The, the things that a marketer and an advertising company will be able to develop digitally, it's going to oh, yeah. be indistinguishable from reality. Oh yeah. You can, I mean, I've saw, I've seen some of the stuff like people um, are able to like dub, dub voices over video and make it seem like people are saying certain things and something real. Like that's kind of scary because it looks real. It sounds real. It feels real, but it may not, you know, I think that, um, there's going to be a lot of, uh, there's, it, it's going to be hard to like eliminate that too, because the people, it's just like Photoshop. Like, yeah. you know, you see things and it looks legit, but it may not be legit, but like, who's the, the person or the group that is screening all of that stuff? How do you do it? How do you do it effectively? I don't know. Well, I mean, it's right underneath most of our noses and we don't realize it. I mean, how many people subscribe to a life on Instagram and have these idols of people that they look up to or worship or, you know, whatever. And 
the they're not living a real life. My brothers and I, we were in Las Vegas for uh, my brother Elijah's uh, bachelor party. We went to Lake Havasu and we spent a day in Vegas before we went and we were sitting on the strip and we saw this girl and a photographer walking down the road, taking photos with a can of bang energy drink. And I'm like, man, I'm so ashamed to even say it, but I'm like, I recognize the tattoo that that girl has, but it doesn't look like the girl. And I'm like, we, I pull her up on Instagram and I'm looking and I'm like, yeah, no, look her story. She's right here in Vegas. So my brother walks over and is like, Hey, are you so-and-so? And she was like, yeah, yeah. We, I, we're in shock, complete yeah. shock. I mean, we're talking about somebody who has millions and millions of followers that a lot of guys follow and meeting her in person was night and day and, yeah. and no disrespect to her. I, I don't, I'm not going to say who it is, but night and day did not look anything like that. And that's the world we're living in right now. We're subscribing to that. We're, you know, throwing money at consumer goods because of that. And um, you have to ask yourself, there's a fine line between people who have done things and who have earned the right to advertise or to, you know, to be trusted for something. And then a whole nother group of people. And it's like, well, what, what have you done other than get really handy with Photoshop and different types of editing software? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's, um, <clears throat> you know you kind of have to like consume that stuff with a grain of salt you know yeah. and, um i don't know i don't know what uh how do you how do you eliminate certain aspects of it because it's difficult people are just really good at it and it's a <clears throat> it's how people consume now and it's just again it's it's perspective it's like okay you just have to accept it and say this is a consumption pattern and um you know there is a lot of opportunity in the social realm and um, a lot of it not only for personal brands but for commercial brands and and um you know i think you know one i i think that one of the things that will kind of always stand withstand the test of time is like that authenticity and um mm -hmm. you know being true and genuine with two two people and being a brand that um, is not, that, that being a brand that's authentic and genuine, I don't think you can go wrong if your intentions are pure, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that if you follow that North Star, I think you're always going to be in a good place, not only personally, but as a brand as well. And so like, we, that's one of the things that we try to, you know, speak to whenever it comes to the brands that we work with at Spark. And um, <clears throat> I mean, that's, how I try to live as well. And, um, you know, sometimes I can just be misconstrued in social, you know? Yeah, yeah, certainly. What have you been doing outside of all, I mean, with, with the downtime that you do have, have you been getting into anything fun? Yeah. I mean, there hasn't been a ton of downtime, but I still try to go through like, you know, the same things I enjoy doing. I think, you know, for me, one of the things that I've realized is that, I can't keep stacking things on top without like letting my mind just like take a break or like I need to try to work out multiple times a week just to get that like exertion of energy out, you know, and um, you know, I'm trying to golf as much as I can. Um, but I, my problem is like how I think I turn everything into a project or a job, you know, and even like the things that I enjoy, I turn it into like, 
a venture or an opportunity. And, and, um, yeah, you know, it is something that I just enjoy doing. It's something that I, it's natural to me. You know, I, I love being an entrepreneur. I love building things. I love creating because I enjoy proving to myself that I can do these things. I, I enjoy those challenges. Um, but I have realized that I need to kind of also take time and just like relax and chill because my, it, it's always going like my mind's always going and yeah, feels nonstop. And so, um, although I do love it and I am super passionate about like creating things, I, I have tried to take some time and like slow down a little bit, you know what I mean? And yeah. Just relax. So with Aiden Ross, is that something that, um, I mean, what's the plans for that? Are you continuing to, to push e-com and yeah. Yeah. So one of the things like with that whole, how, how that started was, you know, what I was able to figure out was, okay, so I have a stable marketing company and, um, what we do really well is build brands, take brands direct to consumer. Um, we have leveraged many influencers in the past. And, um, so with that, I thought that there was opportunity to hold a space in the golf world where that nobody's done. And, um, so that's been about, it's probably 12 months right now since we've started to, to sell product. Actually August will be 12 months. So that's picked up a lot of traction over the past year. Um, and it's just us putting out really good, content, putting out a really good product and doing things differently, taking a different approach, you know, and I think, you know, with uh, marketing and branding, you know, one of the things is if you see everybody going one way, like I want to be the person that goes against the grain, right? I want to test the waters a little bit differently because I think that you can hold a position in any space by doing things differently. And people appreciate that. You can look at music and business and everything. And like, there are scenarios where Every, you want to capture a little piece of the market share somehow. And if you have that, you can grow from there. And so one of the things that we're doing over the next probably six months is going to be looking at new products to roll out. So we have some apparel that we're looking at. We have, I'm looking at some shoe concepts that are going to um, be really different from the golf space traditionally of what people would be used to. And so I, I just like that. I think that there's a, um, there's a market there to own the space of being, you know, different and doing things a little bit different, having a little bit of a different approach. And, you know, golf purists, I don't think are, I, I think that they're an older generation. I think now people don't want to have like that snobby, uh, pretentious type feel when they're golfing. Like, there's a lot of places, even now, one of the clubs that we're in in Texas, it's the, it's going to be the number one club in Texas. It's Blue Jack National. It's Tiger Woods' first course that he ever designed. All of our stuff is in their pro shop. And the entry fee at that club is astronomical. But, like, they're doing things different down there. And there's no dress code. They blast music on the range. And to me, that's cool. And, like, our brand aligns with that mentality. And that's what I kind of want to build off of, right? I want to build off of, you know, we're not going to be for everybody and that's okay, but we're going to build a, a following and a loyalty for the people who appreciate what we're doing, you know? That's really smart. Yeah. Yeah. No, 
I think, again, it's, it's almost like how people are in society. They try to placate to everything and they, they lose what their real focus and what they, you know, what they should be focused on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that's going well. It's um, I've started to build a team now over the past year where, you know, it doesn't all kind of fall on me. It's, um, you know, I have a, somebody who's helping with the film and I have somebody who's helping with the design and the product development. And so, you know, I think that's the thing is like, you, I, I'm good at getting things off the ground taking the idea and executing on the idea. But I also know where my strengths lie. And I'm a, I'm a really good entrepreneur. I'm not the best person when it comes to operating and running the day to day of a business because I'm not as I'm not that organized. My mind doesn't work as well like that. But I'm really good at taking an idea, executing on it, building a team around it and making something feel cool. Right. Yeah. And that's what I enjoy doing. You're building a, a, a strong coalition of different businesses, very diverse and Pittsburgh kind of being the hub for that. I know you, you, you know, you spend some time in other places, but mm -hmm. you know, it seems like out of all the cities in this country, we are in an, a really advantageous place for growth and development. I mean, is that, have you benefited a ton from that environment here locally? <clears throat> I would say, yeah, I think that um, it's just a, a lot of the businesses are just products of the network that I've been able to cultivate over the last seven years. You know, I think that, um, I think that you're, the network that people have at their disposal, if they understand how to play into certain people and connect the right people with others, you can really have a lot of success. And again, it, it all goes back to, you know, if there's certain, it's timing too. It's timing of everything. And you don't know when this, when a, when a person or a group or a team, you know, you could tap in and utilize them and bring value to them. But like, mm -hmm. if you have the ability to cultivate those relationships over a long period of time, I think there's going to be a lot of value there. And um, I think that's obviously Pittsburgh is, you know, home you know, and, um, I've just been able and fortunate to have built, I built a lot of really good relationships and those have helped catapult other brands and other businesses. So, mm -hmm. uh, I just, I feel fortunate and I feel lucky that I've, um, been able to do, do that and do it successfully or, you know, hopefully successfully yeah. as time goes on. Yeah. Uh, and I think that highlights the, the importance of consistency you know, just every single day putting that work in, especially yeah. when you're an entrepreneur, I, you learn really quick. You have to be more focused and structured in how you plan out your day, your activities, especially when you're involved in so many things. And mm -hmm. you were saying earlier about how you take on a lot of stuff. And I, I've kind of come to this point where it's like anything that I take on, whether it's a business opportunity or a new hobby, I have to shed something off. Yeah. And it, it forces me to really make sure that whatever it is new that I'm bringing on board into my life, I'm going to value and I'm yeah. going to have the time to spend and I'm going to value it so much so that I'm going to actually push something else off that I've prioritized in my life. Yeah. And I've found myself a couple of times being like, Oh, I really want to do this. And then I'm like, okay, hold on, wait a second. Do I like this more than I like podcasting? Okay. No. You know, do I like this more than I like, you know, what we're doing at action now. Do I like this more than shooting a bow? No. 
okay like all right well maybe this isn't it's not time to bring this on as like a new a new uh pursuit but um yeah yeah, yeah and, and and it is it's um being able to manage your your time you know and you know it's it's the the value of like that's the one thing and it's if you understand like you don't we can't make more time right so there has to be a balance there and the value of where you're spending your time needs to make sense to the to the place that you're in in your life you know you have to be able to make sure that the where you're spending your time makes sense to where you want to go mm-hmm. you know and you're right i mean that's you're right i mean if you can you know create something and you and you you know it doesn't make sense then you have to shed something else and um or you have a team or somebody that can help execute on this other thing where it doesn't take as much of your time you know so it's it's just the balance of like the value of that time and like where you spend where you spend it yeah now the importance of team that's for sure yeah well, shit, man. I um, I know we're getting close to the top of the hour. Where could people go to find what you're up to? Um, I would say just, I mean, uh, social and stuff. Yeah. But, um, just Nick underscore Brucker? Yeah. Yep. And then, um, you know, there's uh, Aris Fog. You know, there's, you know, we're right now in the process of redoing that whole site just because of the the influx in traffic, you know, which was unexpected. So we're kind of building that out right now. Um, AidenRossGolf.com is where all of the the golf brands reside um, and those products. And then Spark Designs is kind of like the the hub of what's able to execute on um, catapulting those. So yeah, that's pretty much where you'd find it all, everything digitally. Awesome.